This is the sound of the Killer Keller beatbox body part sample pack. Over 120 loops, samples, and one shots for your music production. Exclusively on Splice. Killer Keller Sweet 16 streaming across all music platforms now. Featuring 16s from Tina Kamau, Orifice Volgatron, yes. Foreign Beggars, Marga, Bob Villain, Illaman, and Trigger. The sounds of Killer Keller Sweet 16s streaming now. AG Dentistry. In my line of work, not only does what I do with the mouth get reviewed, it's also my instrument. And it's beyond important to me that my teeth get the professional service they deserve. The AG family provide expert dentistry, whether it's NHS or cosmetic. They're the finest in London. Head over to agdentistry.co.uk for more information on treatments and prices. AG Dentistry. Killer Killer Official Beatbox Creative. Killer Killer. And we need to talk about world music and street culture. Killer Killer Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Killer Killer Podcast reporting to you live, central London, or as central as we need to be. This is the creative starburst, the designer, the icon, the brand, the walking art piece. Not today, it's my day off. Daniel Lismore inside the place. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good. Nice to see you. Trying to keep out of trouble. Trying. Oh. Trying. Uh, no, never try. <laughs> it's because the sun's out, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I'm not used to the sun. I've been away in Reykjavik. 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 Yeah. You, you're very well travelled in these you know, recent times. I'm seeing so much activity. Yeah. I, my, my home is London and it for, will forever be my home, but I, I like to... Um, I like to see the world. Yeah. There's a lot to see. Yeah. You know, we're very small-minded in Britain. Yeah. We're very little Britain, like, you know, a lot of people. And they, they just, I don't know, I keep meeting people like, really? Like, yeah, the world is that big, you know. Yeah. It's very small, but it's also huge. Yeah. I think, I think uh, we're, we're, we're constantly proving our durability by getting on a plane and doing what we do. As art. Yeah, yeah. And pushing ourselves. I mean, and we can prove that the world isn't flat, neither. Yeah. Although there's been some more conspiracies recently, I think, that the world is flat. But um, I obviously don't think it is. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. Yeah, no, no. Reykjavik is <clears throat> conclusive proof that the, the world is not only diverse and dynamic, but it's, it's, it's round. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I actually definitely. took that trip um, when I was coming back from LA. I had to the stopover in, in Reykjavik. Mm. Now, initially when I got the flight, it was like, you know, Chiva's chips one, okay, I'll, if I, I'll, I'll stomach the change, cut the long haul by halves. I actually didn't mind that. And when I got to Iceland... It's it, amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. I was there for two months. Two months? Yeah, I did a show there for... I uh, did it in Harpa, which is their big glass building. And uh, I was there for another month just there, like just to see everything. Mm. And it was quite amazing. Quite amazing, isn't it? Fresh. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of like very bipolar Iceland. It depends when you go in the summer or the winter. And uh, it's kind of the people are really interesting as well. They're either really like out there and or really kind of, you know, Christmas time spirit. And they get creative in the winter. And all their ideas kind of happen in the summer. Nice. Which is fascinating. Absolutely. And they go completely bananas. And when you walk up the streets of Reykjavik at two or three in the morning when it's totally light in the summer, 
it's just like Vikings everywhere, kind of drinking and it's like zombie zombie Vikingville, but it's it's brilliant and and everyone's so nice and they're not ra- like they're not rowdy like us you know oh, yeah. Brits. Hey, listen, Brits that's abroad, hundred percent, and that is where there is a massive shift in my mind of like, okay, we need to fix up over it because the, the personalities of other countries, you know, they're so much more forgiving and happy and vibrant and and there's no shutter down. There's no conservativeness. It just feels like people are happier. Yeah. And do you know, I felt that I'm quite an open, I think I'm quite an open person. But when I was there, they're like, you need to open up more. And I'm like, oh my God, like these people are on another level, you know, like mm. us Brits are very kind of, you know, or <laughs> I don't know. It's just strange. It's strange, isn't it? Do you feel like, um, actually that, that leads me on to a thought because you, 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 you have a, you have a very, distinctive persona when you're dressed with full regalia, right? Do you think they're, in a very Sasha Fierce kind of way, do you think you adopt a certain demeanour that maybe that's what they was talking about? Maybe there's Sasha a- Fierce? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know Sasha Fierce. Uh, um, yeah, I think Beyonce's, I met Beyonce's, one. <laughs> it's Beyonce's uh, alter ego when she goes I, on stage. I know, I know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not an alter ego. Like, this is, I'm, I might say it's my day off today, but... Um, I had uh, something to do this morning, which I never have to do usually, which um, was interesting. And I thought I'd go with a kind of hardly any makeup on, just just a bit. Um, and yeah, it's 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 weird because when I when I look like this, there's a different dynamic of how people respond to me. Mm. And then when I look like how I look, you might look at my Instagram and go, "Okay, what is that?" You know, like, and now in have a look at Instagram, you'll see and you'll get this conversation. You but love it, you'll you love it, gang. And it's a uh, you know, I'll walk into a room and the whole dynamic will change. Okay. Literally, everything will change people will respond people will turn around go oh my god that freak oh my god that's amazing oh my god i've never seen anything like that oh my god i want to kill it you know oh my god is it a man or a woman oh my god like what do we say how do we address it like do we put it on a private jet or do we send it you know are we going to stab it you know that's 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 the kind of mentality of people can you see in their eyes you can yeah 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 and and sometimes sometimes like people are like do we want to go home with it and i'm like Like, you know, I'm not sure, but uh, it's I'm still the same person. That's the thing. Like, you know, when Sasha Fierce, she just turns into like, you know, she's amazing. But uh, I'm still the same person. I'm still the same mentality, still the same mind. No change of anything. I really respect it. And I had a conversation podcast with uh, Jaguar Skills. Have you have you heard this guy? He's yeah. like ninja kind of yeah, DJ, yeah, yeah. Radio One dude. And um, he came around and... He he said something very similarly that people's whole attitude to him when he wears the mask mm. is one of like threatening. They're either yeah, threatened yeah. or they're they're curious. Mm-hmm. And this there's not really much middle because the the whole room just changes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's weird because for me, in a way, it's armor. What I do is I wear armor. I'm mm. going out to fight a war with the world for some reason. Some just cause you know like what i do i'm able to change situations like i can bring lady gaga to julian assange and help him or i can um help a a charity in kenya or i can um save the rainforest by uh, dressing up and raising money and turning up to the house Mm. of parliament or house of lords and saying we need to address this like this it's kind of like superheroism but in 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 reality but it's it's just a, a license for me to do anything 
and it brings me to the most extraordinary places yeah. um and it's a it's it's a great communication tool it's a great yeah. way of uh, subject starter it is yeah mm. and it's um you should try it uh it, you can do yeah. anything when you when you, you know dressing up is so powerful mm. and on the other side i'm thinking it's so like crazy like that it is so powerful and it's you know you kind of understand mm. the psychology of it and over the years you kind of I've, I've understood how people are and it's a it's a learning i'm i'm constantly amused by people so so people go you're the show and i'm like you're wrong you're the show mm. like i'm the audience i'm sitting back you can't see me you usually can just see my eyeballs everything else is covered sometimes it's like literally everything you can see my eyeballs and that's the only part of me you can mm-hmm. see and you are the show because of what you're doing like it's so crazy like you know how someone will respond to someone in a bunny rabbit outfit or you know if it's pink or if it's 2018 do you know what i mean yeah it's still yeah yeah yeah. it's it's interesting but then if you look at it this childish side comes out because i think a lot of people were like brought up with cartoons and like these sort of ideas and banter i see i see that coming out of people sometimes sometimes not and then I don't know. That's it. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Mm. It's crazy. What's the? Um, this might be a stereotypical question. But what's the? What's the most out there place you've been outside of Reykjavik? You know the Hubiubi kind of villages, and you've rocked through um, like a like Hurricane Lismore. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dubai, the desert. That was quite amazing. I was out there with a friend, and um, we couldn't be told off. So I dressed up and we're taking these amazing photos and like these cars are coming by and I'm just like, mm. Hiya. Um, or actually the village I'm from, it's called Philongley. The last time any, anyone ever mentioned it was the Doomsday Books. Um, wow, so <laughs> right. It, has a, it was weird. I took CNN style there to film where I grew up in an outfit. And then uh, over the bridge, my friend's dad was like, oh, Daniel. And my mum was like, how did you recognize? Oh, well, it's Daniel, isn't it? You know, like... Um, that's but then awesome. walking through the village, like cars were just like slowing down, like going, yeah. you know, it was like. And you're like, this is my hood. <clears throat> well, you and I'm, like, I'm from here. You're, 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 you're new, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, I traveled Atlanta. They said to, uh, I was told not to go in certain areas. And I was like, I'm going to these areas mm-hmm. and I'm going to walk through them. Good for you. Yeah. And I'm going to see this. That's and I'm going to, you know, and they're like, don't go to that part of town or don't go to this and i'm like why the hell not you know don't don't go to this club and i'm like that's where i'm going and i'm gonna wear a huge big dome around me and i'm gonna wear everything and and <laughs> and then you know people were blowing smoke in my bowl like kind of it was it was amazing that's amazing best, best time ever um so when when people say don't go there i'm like that's a place i want to go um also in kenya um it wasn't kind of like I lived in Kenya very briefly with the Maasai and uh, I worked with the charity as a photographer. But oh, also, wow. I was kind of helping with like aid work and whatever and just, you know, I was there. Yeah. Um, and that was interesting because I stopped wearing my clothes and started wearing their clothes. And uh, it was it just, it was, you know, walking around and people were like, they got it. It was really cool. And That's really cool. So, you're know. adding what you're doing is you're adding, and I, I see this in a lot of people, but you particularly, especially your mission brief, like you say, you have, you really are part of the London tapestry. 
you've you've been you've been given quite a lot of acclaim for your work. Like Tate, was it Tate Modern? You you've collaborated well, with. Well, my first art show was at the Tate Modern. Tate, yeah. Second one was the Tate Britain, and then they made me the circuit ambassador at the Tate generally over the whole country, which more or less means that um, the circuit program is to bring young people from around the country who don't have access to art or the art world or art museums or whatever. It brings them from underprivileged backgrounds and puts them in the galleries and then they start curating late at Tate and things like that. So that's um, amazing. That was really amazing for me to be able to kind of uh, talk to these kids and kind of help them and, and, you know, spend the day with them here and do these, these projects with them. So it was kind of a, an interesting um, thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's and beautiful it's so thing. important that young people say, I didn't, this is another thing. I didn't see art galleries when I was young. Yeah, like, neither did you know, I. I was, I, I was from in a small village outside yeah. Coventry. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I knew of culturally was Lady Godiva and the specials. <laughs> yeah, and, right. uh, and that was it really. Yeah. Like, you know, there was a, but that's it. And there was a, the, the museum there was so terrible. When I, you know, I actually moved away. One of the reasons was there was no culture in Coventry and now it's the capital of culture. Ain't that the way? Eh? Yeah, 2021. Mm-hmm. So um, I put my exhibition up forward to see, but it's weird. Like in your hometown, you, you can go abroad and be successful, but mm. in your hometown, they just, it's kind mm. of really strange. So many artists that I know, where they're from, they don't, they go, oh, that's that person. That's, you know, this weird mental, very similar in Reykjavik with, you know, with the Queen, with Bjork. Like, it's like, oh, it's <laughs> Bjork, you know, she... It's just a given. I'm like, hello, she's yeah. one of the greatest mm. art curators in the world. Hell yeah. Of our time. Hell yeah. And and musicians and and, and artists as well. Just so, a whole you know, ensemble. Yeah, 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 I can, I so can see you being strange. a Bjork fan. Yeah, you know? yeah. I can see and it, yeah. when I leave London, I'm successful. When I come back, it's like, oh, Daniel's here. Yeah, yeah, isn't it the way? It's strange. I come from a small village as well. Um, I think there's a there's there's an over familiarity sometimes, isn't there? Yeah, and with that breeds contempt, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It actually does. Yeah, Yeah. genuinely. Um, Do you find that with England? Um, Obviously, with you as as a whole, do because people expect a certain thing from you? Mm. Do you think that? Do you think there is a hump where you're just like, oh, you know what? I think I've outstayed this. Do you ever get no? No. Well. With London, I won't ever do that because I no. can, I can be as I can disappear here. Mm. I can do anything. Mm. If I'm ever get broke, I can go out and, uh, you know, I can get a private jet, but I can't afford an Uber. <laughs> you know, I can go to Claridge's, but I can't afford a McDonald's. That's kind of that's how London is to me, is, and I'm very that, lucky. It's true, man. But it's kind of mad. So I'll always stay in London. Um, mm. It's just my home, and I, you know, if I'm fed up with the people in Mayfair or. So, or the gays in Soho or, you know, the fashion scene, I can go to the art scene or I can go and hang out with the Harry Krishnas or I can mm. be the bag ladies or I can jump in a car with, like, a friend that doesn't mm. know any of my other friends. And and so London's this that. kind of place that I can... Yeah. I've got freedom and uh, yeah. and that's what you... I mean, there's not much freedom left in London because it's so expensive and the house prices and... Scarily so, You know, yeah. Soho's dying a death because of, you know, corporate idiots who mm. come in and think they're going to make it cool but it's like the last who wants another corporate coffee shop like it's so yeah. dis- i mean i just went to one it was revolting yeah i know um and, know. and all these brands like all these brands like people buy into brands it's so crazy i'm like you're buying into this pathetic idea that someone's made to make money from you mm. it's a brand what what does that mean to you like really like the kardashian like i don't know i'm ranting but 
I'm like, you fools. You mm. fools. Mm. You, you're a foolish person for buying into this mm. brand, mm. you know. Unless there's something really amazing, really amazing behind it, mm. then I'd be like, mm. I, know I don't saying. know. And I'm, I'm so kind of anti-brand <laughs> in know, a way. Me too. And, but I will say yes to an H&M campaign because... I, I did an H&M campaign like two years ago and it was like a worldwide thing and I thought it would be good for me. It's about recycling. Yeah. I can spread a good message. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it will just help me a bit more. But, you know, would I ever wear the clothes? I didn't. I wore their jewellery. Yeah. So, you know, I got to the set and I was like, none of the clothes is kind of yeah, not right yeah, for me, but I, I can that. wear the jewellery and I can rock this, you know. Yeah. And, and so that's the... But um, yeah, I love H and M. I think with the I think with the brand thing, um, <clears throat> I think Instagram plays a big part in this. Social media plays a part in it, um, and uh, brands like Supreme, Thrasher, and those more street—they're hideous. They, yeah, and they have cues. I just don't understand. I don't know. It. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't like the Louis Vuitton Supreme thing. Was the most vulgar thing. I'm saying this. It was the the most vulgar <laughs> idea ever. And I'm sorry if you ever see this. Shut, 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 if shut, you shut. design that, uh, it's just terrible. It was like all these fashion people, all these what 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 were they called? Um, these happy happy. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but unhappy yeah. people buying into this crazy idea mm. of something too vulgar things. Yeah, I know. How does that work? You know what? And and you know, it also happens in music when people collab. With, if if I was to think of like collaborations that shouldn't have happened, mm. too many. Metallica, mm. for one, had, what did they do this one with? I mean, they always collaborate with things, and I'm always thinking to myself, "Nah, it's not working, mm. dude. Stop doing that. You're Metallica, you know. Yeah. Stick. Don't they stick do like weird, um, like T-shirt thing? I don't know. Don't they do like weird? They do. Yeah, I'm sure it's Metallica. Actually, that's a good thing. I'd weird like collaborations. Go on. The the use of like rock and roll T-shirts as yeah. a fashion yeah, yeah. Uh, item, but, but but people not necessarily knowing. The, the band how do you feel about that uh, I don't you don't? <laughs> I don't I don't know it's just like it's um, I don't know what the word is it's just like it's just uh, these kids are trying to look cool but actually if you stop trying to be cool then that's cool exactly you know that's yeah, exactly, that's yeah. when when you start being yourself and you start looking at what you are not what the brand is telling you to be mm. that's cool yeah isn't it you know and you go f the brand i'm mm. not sure if i'm allowed to say cunt or fuck I but say i'm saying it um, <laughs> um but that's uh yeah that's how i see it you and me uh we do share a similar ethic where that's concerned and mm. and we also ha have a mutual respect for the likes of Noki and judy blame mm. people's that yeah. Take on great artists, great designers, great. great people with something behind them. Like, you know, mm. like Judy was amazing. I worked on one of his last campaigns um, for Illamasqua Makeup, which was run by Joe Corey at the time. And we used all the uh, Burn Punk London stuff for the last time before it was burnt. Wow. And Judy was like, seriously, you're not going to burn all this. And we're like, mm hmm. And he's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, mm hmm, we're going to do it. So you, so like, you, so, you were contributive to, to the burning of all the punk stuff? You were, you were part of that? You'll see there's a documentary coming out. Um, oh, that's cold. That's yeah, awesome. Um, but Joe's a very good friend of mine and we've uh, been... We I kind of worked on the whole thing with him 
and I documented everything before um, it went up in flames on the Thames, which, you know, we had a... We, what we did was dressed up all these, like, dull things, like as Theresa May and Boris Johnson and David Cameron and singing <laughs> a pig. And <laughs> Theresa May had an explosive vagina and boobs. This is um, killer. This is it too much. fired a rocket out at the world press, which we told two hours before. Like, we, told every, we had to tell everyone two hours before where it was because... There were so many people protesting that there was British history being burnt. Um, But the reason it was burnt is, so you can, I mean, this is Joe's thing. It's like everyone knows the price of everything and the value of nothing, right? Mm. So fine, but what the value of of what? You know, like old T-shirts and things, fine, it created a movement. Malcolm McLaren and Vivian created punk Mm. and punk um, was actually made to sell T-shirts and then it was... uh, it was like the worst idea ever. You get a band like the Sex Pistols who can't play and then you put them together, you know, you, you formate these people that can't make music and then you get the worst gig and you, you don't let the press in and you mm-hmm. you have like you plant people to pogo and spit on each other. Mm-hmm. And then the next time, it, so it was a fake thing that became real and it was one of the last things that changed the world. Such an interesting but it was perspective. Just, and he right? lived, um, so Malcolm, I don't know if many people know this, he lived with a situationist in Paris and he went, do you know the, the summer of 60, I think it was 68? Um, and do you know those French riots? And so he went yeah. to stay with a situationist and he um, he kind of got all these ideas. They didn't really let him in, I don't think, but he took a lot from them because he was a bit too commercial, I think, and he was studying at Central St. Martins or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know where... someone else might know the story but um so uh he came back and started this movement which was punk and it was just like a all these fake things which to sell t-shirts and then all of a sudden it actually became something and it became a really powerful movement Mm. um i don't know and i i don't know where i'm going with this but um to see this stuff before it was burnt was really amazing i went through each each piece and i i put them in order it was like um, seditionary, sex, let it rock, T-shirts, not in that order. but <laughs> And I put everything, and I, I saw Vivian's, at, because Vivian made everything. So I saw her work, like, f- close up, and I saw how she evolved and added things, and it was just fascinating. And I, I documented it, so the pictures are online. Um, but I, I was the last one to kind of play with it, you know, like, to, and mm. I docu- just took, photo, like, details. Amazing. Um so the, the weird thing was uh, when we did that burn, uh, people really wanted to go and see it. Mm. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Like they're really like, we want to see this, you know? And I'm like, sure. Like, but wow. that's a bit yeah, weird, a bit I think. Weird, yeah. So um, we had these hardcore fanatics kind of everyone waiting and we kind of threw everyone off and said it was somewhere else. And we did it on the Thames. It was the nice. only yeah. kind of pirate ship on the Thames. There was no, it was international waters. The police couldn't board us. The reason we did it on the Thames also is because it was the 40th anniversary of um, uh, anarchy in the UK being launched by the Sex Pistols and Malcolm McLaren. Who were arrested on the, yeah, on the right. Thames yeah. for releasing that. Mm-hmm. So Joe's idea is like, you, re- you arrested my dad and his band for releasing a song which couldn't even the name couldn't even go into the charts, mm. um, and yeah. all of a sudden the establishment are celebrating it. Yeah, what the hell's going on? And he's yeah. like, and I remember he said to me, "You lit, we we'd been somewhere," and he was like talking about Boris Johnson and the Queen and everyone celebrating forty years of punk, 
and he was reading this article and he and we were talking about the collection he had he's like i'm gonna go get bad it all and i'm like you can't do that like, <laughs> don't do it that's a really bad idea and he's like, <laughs> he's like, i've got to tell people so the next day um he released it to the press and i'm like oh my god yeah yeah we've got to go ahead with this and then uh so that was five million pounds worth of stuff burnt right just gone but the ashes are worth six million pounds in in this art stuff that he curated so he showed at lazink you know lazink who uh, steve lazaridis um and wissam al mana uh they they have this lazink gallery Mm -hmm. and um he was like banksy's art dealer he um they exhibited the ashes there and that was selling and three pieces of art and that was six million so you know what that's that's, insane that's that's the insane thing about the art world and that's also another suggestion of like that's the world we live in right now yeah you know people wanting a piece of nothing yeah really yeah 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 the the ashes are worth more than the the actual artifacts which is kind of crazy selfie is more important than in the moment i know and i i was one of the first people to do a proper selfie exhibition at the tate in 2012 before the what's that gallery called Saatchi, before the Saatchi mm-hmm, Gallery, mm-hmm. they thought they were like being original to it. And I was like, I did that in 2012. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. popular. Yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah, uh, isn't it? Yeah, really strange. You, um, when you were looking at Vivian's uh, sewing work, I mean, there's many no bones about it. You're pretty <laughs> good at doing the whole designing and creating, hmm. aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it takes a, I would imagine with all the other heads that you have to put on, to find that creative space so frequently to be able to have a new design, a new look, a new shot, a new... Going out, I think I remember, actually, I went to one of your spaces to pick up some clothes one time. Right. And you were getting ready for some show. I think it might have been Pride or something like that. Right. And I, I was, in passing, watching you get ready. Right. It's an operation, man. It is, yeah, it is. Um, it's it's kind of like architecture on the body, and it, everything has to be structured and balanced. And I I usually wear long like Arabic kandoras, which I got made in Dubai for me, and they they let the air in, so all I have to do is lean over, and the air kind of oh, comes nice. up, and I'm like, okay, that's oh great. My God. Um, but everything is kind of constructed, and sometimes it's really uncomfortable. Sometimes it's really heavy, mm-hmm. gets hot. Yeah, like some of the wires you know, and things and, like that. that and yeah, and I usually put a bit of padding and things, but mm-hmm. you know, um, but it becomes a construction and it becomes an artwork. So you know, you you paint or you sculpt with tools. My body is my canvas, so mm. it's kind of uh, sculpting around my body, um, mm. p- painting a portrait in a way of, of exactly. how I want to look that day. And it's it's mainly done by feeling, color, texture, shape. It's never really a concept. Um, it's a feeling. It, it's a feeling, yeah. That's amazing. So if you're feeling a bit corduroy like yeah, you're, you're yeah. But it's it's also very <laughs> different. <swerving. laughs> yeah. That never happens. But um, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a crass. I like these rings. Example. See, I'd I'd stick these rings on like this and I'd be like, uh, well that can go there. Maybe I can add another one and you know, and maybe mm. I can add this round here and I can stick this there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm gonna steal these now. <laughs> um, quite nice. Um Thank you. so um they won't come off. <laughs> uh, Funny that. <laughs> so um, that's um, kind of how it is. But when you when you design, 
for people, you really have to keep them in mind and you really have mm. to kind of figure what they're, you know, I can give a tiny bit of me to them, but... You don't want to give it all. They can't, they can't handle it. Some, Run you away. Know, yeah. you're like, you have a pop star come to you and you, they're like, we want this. And I'm mm. like, are you sure? Mm. They're like, yeah. And you do it and they're like, I can't move. Like, Nick, we, we made these ski, ski pants for Nicki Minaj and uh, we made this jacket for her and we, we were waiting for the um, press to come out. And she'd cut the ski pants and it looked like she was wearing a big nappy, like diapers. She cut them? E! Entertainment tweeted, worst use of adult diapers, Nicki Minaj. And we're like, oh my God, like, you know, she like she's, you know. She, I, I, get, I get where she's coming from, but it just wouldn't look right. It just looked terrible. Yeah. So sometimes you, you do get people like that kind of saying, we want this, we want to look like that. we want, mm. And then they go, oh, it's not right, but we need to edit it. And then they just make a really bad yeah. um, yeah, a mistake. Yeah. But that's the art, <laughs> and then they're tampering with art, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. What about someone like Zelia Banks, though? Because you work with her. She's quite an opinionated character. Like, how yeah, did yeah. Um, do you know what? I don't care. Like, I'm going <laughs> to um, at, at first, I stuck up for her, and I listened to her reasoning, and I was with her, and she was, like, saying, you know, saying stuff, and she was like, oh, I said that last week. You know, this is what I think now. And I'm like, oh, Zelia, like... One of them ones, yeah. And... She was saying things and she was trying to like reappropriate words, which kind of, kind of not as well. And I then started to listen to how she, and I'm like, okay. And at first I, when she attacked Perez Hilton, I was like, you know, she's kind of right. <laughs> I like Perez, but he's nice to me all the time, but uh, sometimes. Mm. And then, she just went a bit too far and I'm like, oh, I can't even go there. Yeah, it's too like, much. It's yeah. too much. And it's sad, like someone so talented like her, she, um, she's just destroyed everything that she could have had. It, you know, she's gone another direction. Her music's amazing. Mm. And I adored mm. her. Like I absolutely adored I loved her so much. And I loved spending time with her and she was, I'd met her on a sofa in Coachella watching the Smurfs and I was mm. like, I was like, hey, and she was like, hey, and I was like, she's really cool. But then she's not actually homophobic because her sister is now uh, is, is trans. And then I don't know what she is. I don't, maybe she's like boys. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? I don't know. But everyone around her was gay or trans. So yeah. I'm like, she's not hateful in that way. But mm. she was trying to, I don't think she did a good job of explaining herself. That's the problem, isn't it? Sometimes when musicians take the podium and say things, political or yeah, otherwise, yeah. it's it's hard. Risky. It's yeah. risky, but it's it's good when they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, and when they're just doing it out of um, a rant mm. about something they really haven't thought about, or the consequences of saying that they know is going to hurt people, that I think that's wrong. Mm. But I do think that celebrities should always speak out and say what they think. It's kind of important because, you know, as long as they're doing the, a good thing, mm -hmm. but sometimes they're not. So yeah. that's another thing. I've said it before. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I'd beatbox. But this podcast thing is a contributive thing mm. to allow people to have a voice. Yeah, yeah. Even myself doing I believe like a lot of artists should do their own podcast. Mm. They should just do it mm. because people want be able to engage with the person that is making the music and as long as you've got a positive yeah, yeah. thing going on you can't really go wrong can mm. you um 
But then there are these people that do have outspoken views and, and it's almost like all press is good press. And they kind of go on to do, you know. It's so crazy. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. But people just tend to just like forget. Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I actually, um, like, I'm still pinching myself every day. Every time I look at my phone, it's like, Donald Trump. I'm like, Donald Trump? Really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Really? I know, it's unfathomable, isn't it? It's I like... can't even process it. I still can't process <laughs> I, I I can't process it. I know. I know, it's... It's mad. And you know what, he'll... He'll be impeached or something will happen. No, he won't. He'll just keep going. No, he'll just keep going. You know, he solved <sighs> Kim, Kim Jong and, yeah. and Putin yeah. and, you know, made friends with them. I don't know who's next, uh, which which dictator is going to, you know, <laughs> who's yeah. next. Um, but it's just, I mean, there was a great, when I was in Iceland, there's a great um, picture of the Icelandic president because I think she stepped in for, like the Iceland stepped in this summit or something, and there's Theresa May and Boris Johnson there, and she's like, mm. literally like, oh my god, mm, 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 you know. Mm, mm. And I thought that just says it all, you know. Or from a British point of view, from a British government, yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. It's it, yeah, that whole thing scares me. The whole thing um, with the with your influences mm. being of Bjork. Who else have you got that that you, particularly music or otherwise, like who who influences you <laughs> i don't know you? bjork hugely yeah. like she's one of the greatest artists ever mm. i think hands down man. hugely mm. and uh, i've got you know but i know her and she's and she's just as inspiring in as a person oh, as she is her? as an artist yeah yeah the fuck out. um but well, she like she she cool. She's amazing. I shouldn't oh, say anymore. But that's amazing. <laughs> um, I was very I was grateful, great for it to meet her. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, she's she's just a, a force of like from another. I don't know where she's like. You know when she's like a piece of special stardust. We're all stardust, but she's like a special mm-hmm, piece. You know, mm-hmm, it took mm-hmm. billions of years to curate Bjork. Yeah. Um, so I think her. But then I love Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obsessed with Mariah, and I got Is that to, childhood thing from when you was younger. I think it was. It was like Whitney and Mariah, mm. and that's what I always listened to. Yeah, yeah, Whitney yeah. was my favorite, and Mariah was always kind of second. And uh, Whitney died, and then Mariah kind of started making music. Yeah. And then uh, when I had the fashion label, um, I was at this point where, like, Vogue had thrown us a party. We did our show in Paris, and I was like, I need to move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I only thought that after I worked with Mariah, and that was the... So when she came to London and wore that big white coat on the Thames, and she went up, I don't know if you saw that. She was, like, waving with a big ring on. and um, So I made, I made that coat for her, and then uh, we made her a black and white version and I had to go meet her, and I brought Ellen Von Unworth with me, the photographer. We went to Paris, and they actually filmed me for the Mariah Carey TV show. Stop this. But this is mad. I was edited out. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was fascinating because all these crazy people around her, but then her, she's so intelligent and so on it and knew everything. And I was like, "Whoa, that's why she's at the top." Wow, it was, it was amazing. I've, I've heard this about a lot of, particularly female yeah, artists. Yeah. They just they know remember everyone's she was name. So, and she everything. was so genius, and she plays on everything. Yeah. Like she plays on how fabulous she, you know, mm. how, you know, the the ring follows the camera. It was like mm. it was like the ring. Mm. 
and and I thought, well, this woman's extraordinary, and she was so nice to me, and she was like, you brought Ellen, we brought Ellen Von Unworth to do a shoot backstage, and I'm like, oh, oh my God, this is crazy, like, you know, this is happening. Um, but she was amazing, like, really amazing, and she wore her stuff, and she... Um, Crazy. She said uh, she was going to wear it on a cover of a magazine to say thank you. And, uh, and, and she then, did? And she still wears the stuff. She wow. Wore, and there was a, she wore it on New Year's Eve um, when she didn't fail. Um, the one, so the, the one white was, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. That is the one? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to check. You need to check that on black, YouTube, guys. That's, that, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, she keeps wearing it. And where, wherever she's cold, she's wearing those jackets. So I remember the stylist, it was like her creative director. He was like, she's not going to wear this. And I'm like, I think she'll like it. But, and he said that on camera, you know, like he was just, and I was like, well, he's like, she's not going to wear this on the tour. And I said, I didn't come for the, mm-hmm. to dress her for the tour. I came to make a couture gown for her. Yeah. And anyway, she used it and she's still wearing it. So this I don't. Is, that, you're too much for me, bro. You're too much. <laughs> this is amazing stories. You get to meet the people that, I mean, I think we're on the right path when we meet our heroes. Yeah, it's, it's almost like weird. a salute, isn't all, it? All my idols that are alive, I think minus two of them, I know. Mm. And it's this is the thing about London, like it's a cultural hub of the world. Like, you know, everyone's here. Everyone, every artist comes here from Mozart to every everyone's been here. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they've stayed here. It's true. Um, yeah, and they still do. I think it's like a. Magnet, magnet. I mean, with LA, it's very much like a moth to a flame, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the compass kind of point yeah. where the wider ent- entertainment mm-hmm. world is. But with um, London, it really is down to the creative creativity, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you almost ma- make it here, manufacture it in America. And this, this is, know? yeah, it's kind of... The other thing is London artists are always poor. And when they go to America, they get rich. That's something we need to change in society. We need to start mm. paying artists more than... If you look dude. around, every single thing is man-made and an artist has designed it, whether mm. it's like a, a bricklayer or a, an architect or a mm. designer that's designed the lights on the street. You know, mm. these people need to be paid more and I think there mm. needs to be an uprising of art people generally Absolutely. on a mass scale where we go, no way, mm. you pay us what we you know mm. what we deserve mm. and 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 I think artists need to start doing that do you think and, and, I agree with you I and, and I think we need to fire every single manager in the world <laughs> and until they've <laughs> until they've um actually kind of started to respect artists yeah. you know mm. I see so many people screwed over in in mm. entertainment and these horrible managers you know like they're they're so thirsty and then you know, people like you know, I've watched that Avicii thing, and then oh yeah, that's that's like for Amy Winehouse, and like they work the artists to death. Mm, they do indeed, particularly in music. Mm. Um, but and I, I'm sure, pretty sure this is the same in in fashion um, and designing, because it is in music to create a a, a level of um, unanimous. Well, this has to stop. We we want to get paid. Yeah, this is we deserve and deservedly so. Yeah. It's quite hard to govern that when there's always a younger person that yeah. will do anything yeah, yeah, in yeah. his power yeah. to get way take your spot. And if yeah. you, because I'm like that too, I'm yeah, just like, yeah. I think we've got to stay hungry, but then we've got to kind of get paid at the same time. It's, well, you know, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's the the thing is, if anyone has any, this is my opinion work with the young ones as well. Mm. You bring them with you, mm. you know, mm. <laughs> and then you both work. Mm. 
you can't always do that but um you know mm. i that's what i always did i, yeah. I gave all these kids jobs and yeah. now they're this person and that person and and then they become and, your allies and now then your allies some of them some mm. of them just like leave you behind and mm. or not behind mm. but they think they go forward and then you see them a few years later yeah. on the street or something and it, yeah. they're like my life's miserable and i'm like well Mm. I could have helped you out a bit more, but mm. you weren't very nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's mm. and that's how it mm. kind of goes, you know. And I'm sure people will do that to me in like 10 years' time or next week. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. But um, I was trying – for me as an artist, I think I have a an, an artist that's known in a way, not that known, but I'm not known by the, the, the mass, the public, but I'm known by the right people um, in those worlds, like in fashion and art and and whatever and – you one, definitely have a the cult 1%. following. You've got a cult it's, following. It's half. weird because I've got the 1% and it's the 99% that everyone else has. Mm. So it's kind of strange. It's like a, mm. it's really strange. But you have some real diehard fans though. Like yeah. these people. I've had stalkers as well. Yeah, man. I, I've, I had to move house. I had to change my life. That doesn't surprise to, me at all. I've, I had to change my whole friendship group circles. I've had a few. I've had three. And um, wow. It, seriously mentally scary like police involvement and things like that and uh wow. obsessiveness obsessed but they're mentally ill mm. that's the thing mm. and then you kind of you want to feel sorry for them and then you actually realize the minute you start feeling sorry for them you're feeding them more mm. so you just then you just think for <laughs> them, you know and then yeah you, yeah and you yeah, wish all sorts of things and, yeah. it, and then you feel guilty about it but yeah. someone's trying to destroy your life with their obsession um you know maybe you right thinking mm. these things i don't know <laughs> wish they just disappear you had a stint doing um cat- catwalk and whatnot as well didn't you you were, you were very much the high profile i was catwalk figure weren't you uh i was mo- i was a model for when i was 17 yeah. uh for like five years yeah. on and off yeah. um struggled massively with uh, my first job was like lemma vogue and then i did all these campaigns and things and um but then I had bulimia, which is another thing. And it's something that I'm really open to talking about because I'm not, you know. Yeah, sure. And uh, it's kind of, it was a really hard time. I was bulimic before I was a model. So that was like even worse. Because then you added on the fat. And then the pressure. And and I ended up living on Diet Coke and tomatoes trying to get, not be bulimic, you know, but that really messed me up as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. I was just so skinny and I could literally put my, I mean, I've got a huge weight. I could put my hands around my waist. That's how small I was. And um, wow. and then my agency were like, you need to put weight on. And so I go and put some weight on. And then they were like, oh, if you put too much on. And I was like, literally. And, Head and I was like, I can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And as a model, people think it's a really prestigious job. And the lifestyle's amazing. And you, you get to, you know, mm-hmm. I was thrown into this um, world of, you know, 17. First of all, Soho, gay nightlife, whatever, mm-hmm. single this mm. stuff going on. On and popping, yeah. Um, there's Alexander McQueen, there's all these people, there's, you know, Pete Burns, there's Boy George, and then then you see the fashion scene, there's Naomi Campbell, and there's Pat McGrath, and there's, mm. you know, all these, who's now Edward Enninfall, and all these, you know, we were hanging wow. out with all these, yeah. and it was like we were the centre of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and the world started to collide, and... Um, and it, it just it got really intense at times, and and then the pressure as a model, you kind of you kind of lose your mind, and and it's, it becomes uh, a bit of a blur. I'd yeah, imagine. people think it's so amazing, and it is in a way. You mm. know, 
there's Anna Nicole Smith on my arm, like kind of shaking her hair and me looking at her going, I want to look like that if I ever do drag. Like, this, this, is the, this is a moment. And take this in, never forget this. And yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. remember this moment yeah. and she was, she was so sweet. She was like an amazing woman. Like she wasn't very well, but um, she was lovely. And, and I thought this image of her on my arm, just shaking her hair and her boobs and dancing. And I think there was a Gloria Gaynor song on Honeybee. And I always remember that song, like, you know, honeybee, you know, and every time I think of that, I think of her like shaking her hair. Anyway, Daniel, this is crazy. A, um, this is too, too much for but me. But it, it's just, um, the lifestyle's great, but then you go to a casting job and, and mm. there's like 50 male models there and you're at a Versace thing and, and if you're not Versace's flavour of the meat. month... Yeah, you're meat. Yeah. Like, all the boys go past, they're big guys, and you're like, oh, there's no point standing in this queue mm-hmm. for, like, three hours, you know? Yeah, yeah. I remember, like, Will Chalker used to go past, and, like, this guy used to... And then we're like, ah, mm. oh, okay, well... Mm. Yeah. And then you get to the front of the queue, it's like, yes, no, yes, no, and then... <laughs> And then you're like, you walk like this, you're too fat, you're too thin, you look like a girl, you look like a boy. You, and you're, you're constantly like, battling. What's yeah. going on? You know, so yeah. that's, uh, it's not, uh, and also that whole hashtag me too thing, we thought it was normal. <laughs> like, we really thought it, it wasn't like I was sleeping with people to get to the top. That mm. was never mm. on my agenda, but it was like, I'm in this situation. What do I do? I don't really want to be in this. This oh. person's going too far. Like, how do I deal? Like, yeah, what, what am I to do? And kind then they of get thing. you drunk, and then you get, you know, and you. And I was in situations where it was happening all around me. Like, uh, I, I'm, in my book, when everyone's dead, I'll write everything because mm. it could ruin some careers of people which shouldn't really be working at these high-ranking jobs. Oh, but, for real! Wow. But wow. it's not for me to say. Mm what they did to other people it's for the other people to say what they what yeah, happened because until they voice things exactly. it really isn't any... yeah. but um i know what happened to me and uh i really was kind of abused in a way like by by uh different casting directors uh photographers stylists wow there was there was like three in particular that were you know oh, really bad um and i see them around in paris you at the shows and I'm just I'm like hi and that and now I look very different yeah. so they're kind of terrified of this <laughs> and I'm like yeah all Hello. of a sudden the tables have turned and they're now. just like oh, you know, <laughs> it's like I just feel like because yeah. I wear a lot of claws I just <laughs> feel like going, and I've always felt like that you know and I, all this hashtag me too stuff came out and I was like should I really talk should I should I say something should I and I'm like it's not it's not for me to say, I mean, I'm talking about it now, and I spoke. To, I spoke about it to. I never spoke about it before. I sp- spoke to Glamour Iceland about it, hmm. um, and then I thought about it a bit more, and I was like, I should just maybe say something. But we thought it was normal, and then your agency, you go, oh, I don't want to go there again. Oh, you have to go. Like you know, the, the model agents had also a part hmm. to play in with me. It, I was like, I don't want to do that shoot. I don't want to go there. And like, are, are they aware, to... Were they aware yeah, that they were this aware. was going down? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I know some older people from the industry and they were like, it's part of the job, you know, and, and they're still saying that. Like, what? This is what we had to do to get these jobs. It was the casting couch, the, you know, the Hollywood casting couch, but in the modeling world as well. Sake. So it was. Um, it's, it's riddled, isn't it? It's yeah, disgusting. Yeah. And it's I, like... did, I did have loads of people come on to me over the years, but I just thought, you know, that one of them in particular was like my idol and I wanted to go into the bathroom with him, but I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I was like 17 mm-hmm. and I, was, I did a music video and I won't say who it was. 
um but i had, and he became my friend okay. later but um i was like what do i do should i go in there with him and like i'm gonna have oh my uh, god it's like my idol you know it's like a, growing up listening to his music and anyway whatever madness so madness yeah um so yeah what a life hmm. what a life i mean yeah it comes with a territory nah no it doesn't do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it shouldn't no it shouldn't you know no and it's a very it's, it's a very comparable place where you want to be successful and again it just goes back to that the kind of younger person's way of thinking isn't it yeah yeah get where you can climb where from you've a got small to climb. village in the middle of nowhere thrown into this crazy industry mm. and you're like i don't even know where i am like mm. where whose house am i in am i you mm. know they could be like the biggest thing in the world but you just, you don't know because mm. you're just because what you're naive yeah and you, you and haven't just, lived and you haven't seen things and and you're in you a know. situation where these things like these hard to reach things become real opportunities yeah, and yeah. you meet your idols you yeah, meet yeah. Your, and the next thing you're walking you alongside kinda, someone you would have never thought in your wildest dream yeah happen. yeah and it's all there yeah it's and then there. and then it, if you say something about one of them they all go oh we don't want to talk to him you know yeah that's one another thing, thing that's a, be, yeah. another clicky thing mm. i was kind of i don't want to talk about it anymore yeah i get it I don't want to talk about I that. I get either. it. I get it. <laughs> but you've got this exhibition Amazing going much. around the world. Yes. And that's, that's popping yeah. off, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, it's just been in Reykjavik. Before that, it was at Miami Art Basel. Before that, it was in Atlanta at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, and now it's going to Naples in next June, actually. So it's in a while. Have you been there before? Yes. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. But I put, my friend was ill there and she got put into the hospital. And it was like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, like, no. It was really crazy. They were, like, threatening her. And, and in the end, uh, she was like, sweetheart, get a private jet. So <laughs> the private jet took her out of the hospital. <laughs> All the these Italian doctors were like, you can't take her away. And she's like, you know, so... No way. That just sounds horrific. managed to get her on the jet, and we got to London, and she was fine. But um, I, I just mentally picture these zombie hands. You can't take her away. <laughs> it was really you like... Know. I just can't even explain how crazy it was. But um, I love Naples. Mm. <laughs> Lots of cats there. Yeah, yeah. I was in Capri, so I was only in Naples for two days. Okay, yeah. I love the, I love the landscapes. You know, the, 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 the houses are so shanty. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, mm. built on top of each other. Um so it's going to be all around, all around the world. Yeah, it's going to travel. Um, mm. I'm just, I'm talking to different places. Good. But Good. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't. The book? the book is nearly sold out, which um, was great. They, when I did this exhibition, um, they said, "Do you want to do a book?" And I said, "Who with?" Uh, and it was my favourite publishers, Rizzoli. And I said, "Okay, yeah. yes." And we shot the book in a week. Um, with the Savannah College of Art and Design and this guy called Colin Douglas Gray and then the curator, whose his name is Rafael Gomez and uh, he used to work at Vivian Westwood. So how the whole thing happened was um, I was at this point in my life where I'd finished the fashion label. I was thrown out on the street. I had to live on my studio floor. Um, my friend said, come and live in my house and um, stay there for as long as you need. And, and he went away for a few days and... I called my mum and I said, you're not going to hear from me for a few days. Don't worry if you don't hear from me. Mm -hmm. She worries if she doesn't hear from me. Of course, of course. So, um, because my life's just mad. Um, mm -hmm. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you get these beacons of news coming from Instagram. Yeah. My mum's just got on the Instagram thing because I just don't speak to her enough. So now she's always, right. you know, an anonymity, yeah. but she's yeah, yeah. still there. Commenting. Yeah, exactly. My, my, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, my mum's Crazy mama. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, 
I I turn the internet off, turn my phone off, turn everything off, and I'm like, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? Do I want to? What do I want to? Do I want to live anymore? Do I want to be this? Do I want to go forward? Do I have I done something? I don't know. Like, have I? Have I actually done anything? And I'm like, I've done a few things, and it's this is how I should pursue. I should not give up my dream. So uh, I wrote these ideas. One was perfume. I've been studying perfume. That's kind of what I'm working on at the minute. But um, so there was that. And then uh, I thought, well, I've got all these clothes. I have to move storage. I have no money. What am I going to do with them? Mm-hmm. And uh, I came up with doing this uh, because what I do is wear armor. So I thought terracotta warriors army. I need to make an army of me. Like, you know, they're pr- my protectors. So and... Um, and so it happened, and uh, I went to a Vivian Westwood party, and Rafael Gomez, who's the curator, he um, said, ah, send me the idea. And I'm like, party talk. Nothing ever, ever comes from party talk, ever. <laughs> I had some party talk two nights ago, and I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I sent him the thing, and I'd just done this H&M thing, and the college said yes. And so I sent 4,000 pieces of my wardrobe to Atlanta, thousand yeah my mum and dad helped me and uh and it was like this really amazing thing the curator came over um and then i brought an additional two thousand pieces so um but pieces like this and this and this and this, gotcha. and this and this you okay. know but lots of them so i created a uh, 30 there's now 38 because i made more for Reykjavik. i'm gonna make more for each country i go to but with what i'm wearing between the exhibitions so the more the longer the space there'll be more of them um and then so i created this thing and i worked with color texture shape so i created these 3d tapestries of my life either things that i've worn exactly the same or worn at different times Mm. in the same look you know Mm. and that's uh and then all of a sudden this army was there and it kind of got picked up by vogue and cnn and uh, it kind of it was uh, i got an email from vogue saying it was one of the top things on their website for for a long time and i was like oh, wow like people and people have been waiting for me to do my own thing because yeah. i've been working with so many different people yeah i was gonna say th- um, there's a lot of collaborations that must have just been so rewarding like it was because i was ready to give up everything i was ready just at that point we were like what's the point there was a moment and i remember it on instagram where you really cleaned out your closet <laughs> yeah you really cleaned out your closet for a second yeah, you yeah. you could tell you were Something was kindling and you stepping away to come back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I definitely sense that. Yeah. And it's, I mean... You, I kind of yeah. wear my emotions on my sleeve, like, you know, like I have to tell people how I feel, mm. you know, even if it's good or bad, if mm. I'm going to offend someone, I have to tell them. Mm. And <clears throat> usually I let it out and, uh, you know, I, people are like, you say too much. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I think you've. I also think. um, I hardly say anything compared to what I could. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly, exactly. But I think when you're you're so prolific as an artist, which you are, Mm. you kind of need to have the the public the voice to back it up. You know what I mean? Because only these these can only say so much. Mm. But you got loads of stuff. Like you know. You've got to be strong and say what you think. You yeah, know, I mean, that's yeah, what yeah. helps sell this. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. Well, I don't. I never sold my work, and I've always been a poor artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I kind of preferred that. But recently, I've been going to all these art fairs and looking at things, going, "Oh my god, these 
people like this. It's crazy art world. And, and that's where I'm going. Like, this is a forward is commercial art. That's what I want to make. I want to make really amazing art, but start selling my work. And mm. I've started to curate this whole world, which is that I'm about to go into. Mm. And I've figured out. But then I have one friend. His name is um, Bradley Theodore, this artist that... You know, he was selling his work for 12000 now it's 78000 Damn. And he sits there with a calculator and he's like, Daniel, look, 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 And I'm like, I've never thought about money in my life. And this man has just made me realize it's really important. <laughs> um, and for my advice to every artist out there, stop saying that you don't care about money, care about it. Because you can make more art. Yeah. You can make a difference. And if you've got a good message behind your art and you can make people feel, you should make them feel a bit more, mm, <laughs> you know, mm. by... Making extending your reach. And yeah, you need money to mm. make more more art, you know. And it, it obviously it makes sense. But some artists are like, I remember going up to a graffiti artist, and I'm like, well, I'll pay you to do this, and he's like, no. Like mm. I said, why? He said because you were going to pay me. I do this out of love, and I'm like, mm. you can do more out of love mm. if you let me. Give you some money, you know, mate, yeah. Make use of. Anyway, very wise Sorry. words. Mm. Very wise yeah. words. Um, get paid. Get paid. <laughs> get paid, motherfuckers. Get paid. You know, and pay, motherfuckers. Yeah, and pay. <laughs> Look, I'm going to love you and leave you because I know you've got a busy day ahead. Thank you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise from wherever you are. Crash Starburst, Daniel Lismore. Thank you for having me. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Stay lucky, Killer Keller podcast. You know what to do. Peace.